Welcome to the Naked Wellness Podcast. As a qualified nutritionist, I'm here to strip away the nonsense and get down to the bare essentials of nutrition and wellness. Join us as we debunk myths, chat with top-notch experts, and serve up practical tips that will leave you feeling empowered. Get ready to uncover the naked truth about living your healthiest life. Let's undress. Welcome back to the Naked Wellness Podcast. I'm super excited because today I have Roshni with me. Roshni is a certified nutritionist who helps women to reverse their PCOS or polycystic ovary syndrome naturally without any pills or medications. She has been on her own journey, which she's going to share with us today. And she helps so many other incredible women get to the other side of their journey as well. So Roshni, welcome. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. Uh, It's been really nice to have you uh, invite me on this lovely podcast. I've gone through your podcast. It's amazing. And I can't wait to help as many women out there as possible because this is something that I've been suffering for the last 10 years. And it's just been an incredible journey of understanding, of knowledge, of Mm -hmm. just self-discovery at this point. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course. I love it. And yeah, so 10 years. Wow. It's like insane. Tell us more about that. Like, what has your own journey been like, and what has inspired you to become that certified nutritionist to now help so many other amazing women? All right. So I was diagnosed at the age of fourteen, which is kind of too early to be diagnosed with yeah. PCOS. Wow. That's something that I never knew. I just thought mm. it's something that happens when you get your periods. So I thought it was just some kind of period that people get because at that young age, there's not much knowledge around us which is given health classes where someone is given, okay, so you're supposed to take this medication and then you'll get your period. So up until the next two, three years, I used to just skip some medications and be like, okay, why do I even need to take it when I need to get my painful cramps, right? So um, I went through a lot of medication. In India, as you may know, there's allopathy, Siddha, Ayurveda, homeopathy. These are different kind of medications that we have um, we have in our country which is given to anyone with any kind of ailment, right? It could be common cold, it could be diabetes, it could be PCOS, thyroid, all sorts of issues. So when I was given this, I started with allopathy and my mom took me to the doctor and she said, you know, you're not getting your period. It's been six months, might as well come to the point where start getting your medications right so that you can get your period. You don't have any abnormal infertility issues later on. Of course, as a mother, she came from a place of concern, uh, from a place of love, because she never saw anyone not get their period, no matter mm. how, many, how many years and how many women she's interacted with. So the first thing I was given was allopathy, which was basically an insulin sensitivity uh, medication. Um, I was on that for about three to four years. I started getting acne post starting this medication. So I mm-hmm. did have acne, but then it just aggravated at that point of time. And then after three years, I said, my mom wasn't convinced because I still wasn't getting my periods regularly. She just said, it's going to happen. But then it never happened. And um, she said, okay, now allopathy doesn't work. Let's go to homeopathy because that's, oh that's as natural as it can get. And then homeopathy is something that I used to love eating because it's just sugar balls early in the morning. And then you have it at lunch and then you have it at dinner. It's just really nice to eat. So I never had any issues. And then I got done with my uh, schooling, which is till your 12th grade is your school. So mm-hmm. I got done with that. And I said, okay, mama, I'm going to college. I'm going to be away from home. What next? Like, it's still not coming. And at that point of time, 
I hadn't gained much. So I'm a national level basketball player. I've represented the country. I have always been someone who's super active. So there was no space for me to gain weight because I used to uh, practice or train for about five to six hours a day. So I would train in the morning for two to three hours. And this is not stressful because I never got extremely tired out, out of it. Usually what happens is people around me used to get tired after two games, but I could play three, four, and I would never get tired. So um, for the doctor to tell me one on one of the consultations, like, you need to move, you're not moving enough. And my, I would just look at my mom and like, mom, I, like, I work out for five hours a day. Like, what more am I supposed to do? And then later on, I got to know that I was, I could have been possibly stressing my body out at that point of time, at that point of age. Um, and my mom only used to tell me, okay, you know what, add one more hour to your training, just go run a couple of more rounds because the doctor is asking you to do so. And I would, I love playing sports and I've always been that kind of person. And I said, okay, like might as well, that's just one more hour of playing than studying. Like, I'm just going to take that and just going to run and go play. So that was my mindset. And uh, when I moved to college, that's when I was away from home. Um, complete change of environment, complete change of environment of food, of the people, of the weather, all of that. And in the span of uh, about six, seven months, uh, I don't remember my exact weight at that point of time. My first year of college, like six months into college, I was 75 kgs. And that's when it hit me. Because it's from going from being someone so sportive and so active. And I go to 75, I've gained weight. I've lost half the amount of hair I had ever had. I um, got acne. Um, my periods never showed up, which was something that was really weird for me. Because that's at that point of time, I hadn't taken medication for seven to eight years. And there was no sign of proper bleeding. And yeah, I just went on and on with medication. About second or third year of uh, college, I decided, okay, I'm just going to buy the medication, but I'm not going to take them. I'm going to tell my mom that I've been taking them. That's when I started seeing post-pill, post-medical uh, period, PCOS. Um, I still started. So one thing that I suffered with was insomnia um, from the age of 18 to 22. Um, like many people do with PCOS, you start not feeling sleepy. If you're someone who used to go to bed at 9, you'll start going to bed at 10, and then 11, and then 12, and then 1, and then 2. At the second year of college, I used to sleep at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. It was so bad. So um, this just worsens, right? Your PCOS symptoms don't stay stagnant. So it's like drinking alcohol. I'm going to give you the most basic uh, like analogy on this. When you start drinking one, like 30 ml alcohol every day, 30 ml doesn't feel like 30 ml after a point of time. Then you go to 60, then 90 and 120. The same with sleep. Going to bed at 10 a.m. doesn't feel okay. Then you go to 11, 12. And that point of time, I was just sleeping four, five hours a day. Not even four, like three to four hours a day. And um, yeah, I just gave up and I got into a really good job. I worked for Citibank. Uh, I was a an business analyst there. I loved my job. I loved the uh, new opportunity that I got in. Uh, but then I came back home and COVID hit. That was the change of uh, turn for me. I loved that um, I could be home. My mom could be cooking for me. And I said, you know what, mom, just like, let's just 
take it in the most natural way and that's when i sat my mom down i said mom i haven't taken my medication um during the work time uh, I, i mean i was working for eight uh, months away from home again living alone that point of time i was training i was weight training i was doing yoga i was doing dance all of these things but my weight didn't seem to come down and i was eating clean to uh, 50 to 60% as to how much i was eating back in hostel but i came back home and i started doing research and in india you're not given anything but medication for your pcos mm-hmm. out i mean one out of 10 doctors would say okay watch your lifestyle mm-hmm. right so i started reading at that point of time there was sister and her mister uh, uh um two three people who were doing pcos reversal but they were going absolute restrictive they were saying go dairy free or go gluten free i mean indians and gluten is part and parcel of eating like i cannot live a day without eating gluten right so mm-hmm. i started reversing my pcos by just changing my food i never did any workout i never did any kind of weight lifting up until actually i had lost all my weight reversed my acne and that's when i started like weight training for the first 6 months i didn't go to the gym because a it was not accessible because of covid i just used to walk around and that was just basic walking after eating i lost i went from 75 to 58 um i got my period regularly i used to get my period uh once in 40 days 45 days at max which is an incredible uh shift in cycle it used to be once in 6 months and now it's come to this so it's absolutely like mind blowing that i could do this and um yeah that's my journey that's how i have been able to reverse my pcos and handle and um then i started helping people around me and imme- like immediately they could see changes in the first uh 30 days 60 days and sisterly is about two and a half years now and um, have been able to help incredible number of people it been just the most incredible journey because there are sister babies right now like people who have conceived through sisterly programs there are healthy amazing healthy growing women babies and it's just i'm out here to just help people reverse their pcos without any supplement or medication like that's my goal and that's what i've been able to help about 4000 people 5000 people with this knowledge and i just hope that this just spreads all across the globe and people believe that this lifestyle disorder this metabolic disorder can be treated just by food and the way you live your life amazing yeah. wow what a journey you have been on obviously for you it started at such a young young age and i think your journey even just highlights the fact that you know don't take no for an answer from the doctors or don't like keep getting to the root of it and keep peeling back the layers and understanding what your body is actually going through individually and i know for me and my journey like i have had experience with losing my period i i don't have pcos but i did lose it due to like high stress or it's called ha hypothermic amenorrhea or when you lose it due to like too much exercise not enough food or lifestyle stresses right like probably something that your body was maybe going through at the start with like the intense amount of basketball training that you were going through like just that amount of stress that is on your body and the impact that can it can have and i had the exact same thing where a doctor told me that i wasn't exercising enough and i needed, needed to start running on the spot during the day but at that time i was actually 
training for a half marathon and my running and my strength training was like through the roof. Like I was doing too much exercise. I didn't definitely did not need to add more on. Um, and I think it's really interesting when you look at the, the type of information that the doctors will give you. Cause I also in, in Australia, it was go on the contraceptive pill. Like that's how you get your period back. And it's these very band-aid approaches of medication here. Take this, this is going to give you, you know, a false period or, it's going to mask things rather than actually being like, well, why? Why is your period so irregular? Why haven't you had it for so many years? You're right. Like, what is your lifestyle like? How much exercise are you doing? What are the food choices that you're making? How much are you eating? Like, it's just so important that you dig deep and that you don't take no for an answer and you just actually find a doctor who is going to listen to you and actually not just give you these band-aid approaches. So I love that. Now, I know that there will be some listeners who are like, PCOS, what even is PCOS? Did you want to explain to us what PCOS actually is? So the full form is all over Google, so I'm not going to give that kind of information. I'm going to, yes. I'm going to educate you not just what PCOS is, what it feels to like have PCOS, cool. right? I think that makes someone more empathetic and more knowledgeable about having PCOS. So there are two types of PCOS for people related to. So there are a lot of different types of PCOS that people and practitioners and coaches have come up with. But um, if if you want to name one particular type of PCOS, that could be million because I suffer with a different type of PCOS because my hormone, particular hormones are imbalanced. And so and so. All right. So PCOS is when you have irregular periods, acne, facial hair fall, um, um, and um, like fatigue all through the day. You sleep for eight hours and then you feel like super tired during the morning. Or you could be going through mood swings. You could be going through all of these symptoms. That's what happens when you have PCOS. But how you identify that you have PCOS are there's Rotterdam criteria, which means if you meet two out of these three Rotterdam criteria, you could be having PCOS. So these are the ways that you can identify yourself if you have PCOS. But the first thing that you should be doing is you should not be checking yourself in terms of what kind of um, PCOS you have if you had just started your menstruation. I would say at least given two to three years of like let your period get regularized for the first two to three years to even go to the doctor and say, you know, I have irregular periods. So the Rotterdam criteria is um, you don't get period. That's irregular periods. That could be one of your symptoms. Second could be you could be diagnosed with hyperandrogenism. Uh, third could be that you have cysts in your ovary. So these are the three things that you could be checking with. Out of these three things, in India, you could easily get a blood test done and a scan done. Like you go to a doctor, go to a clinic and get it done. I'm not sure how the healthcare system in Australia is, but in the US, it's extremely hard, absolutely extremely hard to just even go to a doctor and get a blood test done. So out of these three things, you could be getting yourself tested by via blood test for hyperandrogenism that could be um, shown in your blood reports. Uh, by a scan, you could be shown if you have cysts in your body or not, that could be a pelvic uterus scan. The third thing is irregular periods that you could be just noting down as an individual that, you know, you don't get your periods. So these are the criteria that they've come up over the last years of, um, you know, getting uh, research done on all of that. But as an individual, a lot of us don't have the time and space to get a medical test done. But the minute you start seeing irregular periods, you start feeling fatigue or you see sudden weight gain or you're just feeling extreme fatigue. These are the things that you usually face when you're PCOS. That's when you need to know 
that that's not normal Mm-hmm. that's like the first thing you um a lot of people wait to go to the doctor which takes about 2 to 3 months or get a blood report done all of that but if you're an individual who is slowly seeing deteriorating hormonal health or menstrual health that could be a sign that you are having pcos it's a metabolic disorder uh it's also a insulin sensitivity disorder there are a lot of million ways to it but it could be because of the way you are living your life mm-hmm. that's 99% of the time is what i've seen in the in the young women right now who are facing pcos because i've never seen a woman with a good lifestyle or a good eating habit or nutritional habit having pcos right it's not that it's a woman's fault it's the environment it's the stress of education it's the stress of school it's the stress of running a household or working those are the things that lead up to causing hormones and stress that stress in term affects your hormone hormonal cycle and that hormonal cycle is linked to your linked to your menstrual health so that gets affected so this is the way the loop of how pcos gets started for instance mine could have just been the medication and overworking out right mm-hmm. but it took me 9 to 10 years to even understand that that could be my thing that could have happened so it varies for a lot of people but yeah this is what basic pcos is if i would say but there's mm-hmm. a lot of research and there's there's hours and hours of work that we could talk about related to pcos yeah. but yes something that i can reassure everyone is it's not something that's going to stop your life i have learned that pcos has only made me a better individual in terms of health in terms of putting more um healthier food into my body and being more conscious because my health is now helping me do 10x the things that i could have done if i didn't have pcos so i've transformed by saying that it's not my weakness rather it's become my strength because mm. that's how i see it because once you start seeing it as a burden there's no going back from there but once you see it as your strength you would be probably healthier than most of the 20 26 year old around you yeah like, okay yeah. yeah so that's For how sure. i take it interesting yeah. okay and so once you are starting to notice those differences and the changes it's important to then actually go get a diagnosis and and know that you know you do actually definitely have the PCOS and from my understanding as well like yes the lifestyle influences or how you lead your life and your lifestyle factors have a huge impact on PCOS for some people or that chronic inflammation whether that's from just being under constant stress but for some people it could also be genetic factors as well is that right absolutely so there are a lot of people who have it because of genetics i have personally seen that because a lot of sisters whose uh, moms or their fathers um sisters all of them have had that irregular periods in their 20s and 30s they do tend to have um pcos because of them as well so that's something that i've actively seen second thing is if you have someone in your uh, in your family who has diabetes they are also high likely to have pcos third thing is if your family's lifestyle in general although it's not technically genetic immediate genetic but if there are people who are in your family you used to having junk food rather than having healthy food your family is just used to having more of take out food or take away foods that are the things that lead to people having pcos it's the way you're brought up as well it could be if you are fed food that you have been intolerant to for a long period of time for instance i was i am intolerant to dairy and all throughout my childhood my mom 
told me that you know you need to have milk because you shouldn't be calcium deficit because that could affect your fertility issues later on because after a woman is given birth i mean she's giving birth to children she has chances of her calcium levels going down because she's breastfeeding the baby uh, she's gone through the whole hormonal cycle so my my mom always gave me about like a glass of milk early in the morning and a glass of milk right before i went to bed so that's something that i've always experienced and i'm like did that cause my pcos so there are a lot of things one thing that i would tell is if you're someone who's eating certain food in spite of feeling uneasy after eating certain food you should stop that no matter you're 13 year old 14 year old doesn't matter for instance peanut allergies are so normal and normal and commonly known because the inflammation happens instantly in your body but chronic inflammation happens within your body so that doesn't show up immediately that shows up over a period of time that's when your gut isn't okay and your gut says you know what i'm not okay stop giving me these food that's when it shows up acne that's it that's when it shows up hair fall or facial hair or fatigue that's your body showing chronic inflammation symptom so yeah that's that's like the easiest way to answer mm i think it's important that it's not even just with the foods that you're eating that are causing chronic stress as well like it's important to look at well what is your exercise routine what is your work life like like are there things in your life at the moment that are playing out that are causing you constant stress you know are you pushing your body and doing constant hit workouts when maybe your body is telling you that all it wants is a gentle yoga flow or some strength training like it goes so much deeper than the foods and i think it's really important that you said like you need to look at at all areas and actually again like it's obviously so individualized to each individual there's not one person with pcos that is a generic then for everybody else and a blueprint method you have to get to that individualized approach that's going to work for um each individual which i think is really really important so how often do you see with your clients the pcos and how that can actually play out with infertility and other things you know like what does pcos impact for women so um i start from how it impacts infertility i mean it may cause infertility but to be honest if you are planning to have a child in the next 12 months and you want to get your body healthy that's the first goal so i wouldn't say it directly impacts into uh, it it doesn't lead to infertility immediately mm-hmm. there are probably 4 to 5% of people who do face infertility issues which needs medical um guidance and like surgeries and all of that but about 90 to 95% of the sisters can reverse their pcos and get pregnant because yeah. about 300 to 400 sisters have gotten pregnant through my programs without the use of any ivf or hormonal pills or mm-hmm. supplements for that matter so how it affects is you need to have your menstrual cycle regular to get pregnant that's uh, that's as simple as it gets only yeah. if you ovulate there are the chances of conceiving and that's when you get get to be pregnant and conceive but what happens is more more common is that people don't get regular periods Mm. they have irregular periods they don't know when they're ovulating so the first course of treatment would be to understand why you're even having irregular periods mm-hmm. and then you say okay say you have irregular periods i've identified irregular periods let's look into what's the root cause of this irregular periods yeah. is it the sudden change of job it's a sudden change of moving countries because a lot of instances what happens is 
a 20 20 23 year old goes into a high stressful work environment and that's when her health starts deteriorating and she gets irregular periods for instance like you said you were having so much stress it could be the stress of training for your marathon mm. but this is the stress that could lead to mental um stress that could lead to irregular periods some people have shift in food um habits some people move out of living from their parents house to their own spaces at the young age of 23 to 25 to 28 and that's when they start understanding they they don't have enough money to feed themselves so they look into the most cheapest way to uh, feed themselves they don't look into nutrition or the value they just look at the cost economical value of food right mm-hmm. that could lead to uh, infertility packaged foods are the most economical things to eat these days which mm-hmm. are the most hormone disruptors at this point of time right so coming back to the topic of infertility i would say if you are someone who's planning to get pregnant in the next 12 months work on the next 6 months to be as healthy as possible that could be the way you lead your life that could be um, the kind of work environment you're putting yourself into that could be the right kind of sleep routine you're putting yourself into that could be what you are eating on day to day day to day basis right and the fifth is are you moving now so if you are looking at these five key things for the next 6 months and even working on getting better one thing at a time for the next 6 weeks at a time that's more than enough to start seeing regular periods mm-hmm. right so let me walk you through the right nutrition the most important thing is people start talking about taking 1.5 grams of protein per kg weight all of that let's set that aside let's not even focus on protein at this point of view let's set into a eating balanced meal am i as an individual eating balanced fiber carbohydrate protein right am i doing that am i eating enough fat that is needed for me to even secrete good hormones Mm-hmm. that's something none of us look into right so when you look at a plate start having at least one to two cups of fiber in each meal because all over the internet you will see has protein but people don't tell you without the use of fiber there is no protein absorption if you are someone who is going to be eating um four to five cups of chicken chicken breast just to get your protein in but you're not eating fiber what is going to happen you are most likely going to get constipated that's because your body doesn't have fiber enough to push a absorb these nutrient into your body and to digest it and put it up, push it out of your body right so the first focus would be your nutrition and i just went briefly on top of it i would love uh, to explain it if you would like me to uh, moving on to the second thing is sleep mm-hmm. what happens is we come back we have horrible work hours we just are a generation where we're like okay you know what i'm going to go to bed at 10 uh, no not even 10 that's something that i do these days i'm going to go to bed at 12 i'm going to go to bed at 1 i'm going to have my dinner at like 9 or 10 pm let's not do that your circadian rhythm is getting affected and that leads to issues with hormonal health which leads to irregular periods the use of infertility is so common right now because people are inducing fear in other people's minds by saying you're going to be infertile because you have pcos that's not the case for most of the people mm-hmm. right so when i say focus on your sleep cycle 
fix your routine write down what you do from like 6 am to like to 2 am see mm-hmm. what is going wrong what could you be doing better go to bed at 10 pm if you can get up at 6 am or 7 am but going to bed by 10 pm is going to be extremely beneficial for your hormonal health you're going to feel better your hormone your body is going to have more time to calm down to feel uh, more energized to heal which is the most important thing when it comes to your gut health right mm-hmm. so that's the second area third thing is your working out like i like you said people have started doing um, high intensity uh, training left right center just to lose weight why do you need to go start training when you could be walking 10000 steps a day mm-hmm. right if you're walking enough it helps your insulin sensitivity it helps your digestion it helps your gut health it just makes you uh, from like a sedentary lifestyle to being completely moving individual right so don't get into high intensity training start with basic walking okay you you've achieved 10000 steps every day for 6 weeks let's go into starting to do like 10 to 20 minutes of yoga a day or weightlifting a day or some kind of slow calming workout that's when you progress and that's how you progress um and yeah these are the things that i have personally helped um people and over the span of 6 months they get into a healthy lifestyle and that in turn regularizes their period and that in turn gives them the bandwidth to start trying to conceive mm-hmm. because you go from irregular periods to now somewhat regular periods in the 6 months mm-hmm. and then the next 6 months you start trying and yeah. i'm telling you as an individual who has pcos please try for at least 6 to 7 cycles not 6 to 7 months because your cycle could be one and a half month long either also so at least trying for 6 to 7 cycles and then going to a doctor would be okay mm-hmm. because the minute you go to doctors they give you metformin they give you folic acid all of these things that could just be ruining your health or ruining your chances of conceiving naturally also could lead to pregnancy complications as well mm-hmm. right so these are the things that i have seen and it's it's proven that if you see what you do every single day then you can reverse your pcos you can get pregnant in fact about 2 weeks ago uh, one of my sisters delivered a baby na- natural delivery she had the most amazing pregnancy she did not listen to taking metformin to conceive she was patient enough and she conceived on a seventh cycle mm-hmm. of course it takes a lot of mental work to be able to be patient for seven cycles but she was with me and we used to have uh, practices you know morning affirmations we used to manifest saying you know what we're going to get pregnant the goal is that how we get there it's just going to be the progress but we are going to get there and we just got there and um nine and a half months later she had a really lovely baby the baby is doing lovely and she's feeling healthy she knows exactly what she needs to do to get back to her healthier self to lose the weight she gained through pregnancy to breastfeed to nourish herself how to nourish herself all of those things yeah mm, i love that amazing and yeah. so it's important to really look at you know multiple areas of your life and i think a couple of things that you said is so so important about not normalizing the 
irregular patterns that can be happening, you know, the period pains or the irregular periods. Like even if you just had it in your family or your mum had it or your sister had it or something like that, doesn't necessarily make it normal. And it's important to understand that you can have a regular cycle. You can have, you know, not super painful monthly cycles, which I think is incredible to know. And so I know that you talk a lot about uh, like reversing the PCOS. And from my understanding, like because PCOS is a, a chronic condition, it can't 100% be completely cured. I mean, definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but obviously there are many things that you can do that can effectively manage it and minimize it to the best that you can. So is that what you see? Like you, you definitely help people to manage it and minimize it through like hormonal balances, insulin regulation, if that's what they need, that fertility support, but because it's that chronic condition, you still will forever have parts of the PCOS. How does that kind of play out? So um, when anyone with PCOS approaches me, the ideal thing to do is to get a blood workup done or a scan done because all, you are seeing the symptoms on the outside but you don't know what exactly is going in, right? So to um, first note down what are the deficiencies they could be having? Uh, what what? How is their gut health? How is their ovaries? Do they have cysts? All of that. But the first thing that I would be, like I sit down and I talk with my sisters is, what are you doing on day-to-day -day basis? We have a one-on-one -on -one and we sit down, we take a paper and we're like, okay, this is what I'm doing on day-to-day -day basis. This is my lifestyle. This is what I do 90% of the time, mm -hmm. right? I don't want a perfect lifestyle, but I want to know what you do on general basis. How do you pick your foods? Because when you walk through with someone about what are they doing, because what life throws at them, that's when you know how they're handling their PCOS. Because on days that they travel and all of that, the knowledge is what needs to be transferred for anyone who has PCOS, right? So um, the first thing we like, the first thing that I start with is I start understanding their nutrition. What are they um, eating on day-to-day -day basis? Are they eating the right food? Are they eating the right balance of food in each meal? Um, are they sleeping enough? Are they walking enough? What kind of stress are they going through at work? What are the stress that they're going through at home, right? These are the things that keep happening to all of us. So I give them, a, I curate a meal plan that works for them. For instance, if you had PCOS, what is easily available for you? What is something that you've grown up eating um, that you've stopped eating because you've like moved away from home? Or for instance, there are a lot of people who move from India to different countries mm -hmm. that have PCOS because um, say in the US, Certain things are highly chemical. Um, they, they're very expensive to eat. Uh, fresh vegetables are not easily accessible in different countries. And I work on curating a meal plan that works for them. I say, okay, this is what you love eating. This is what you need to eat. How do we make, how do we marry both of these? Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Goal is to not make you reverse your PCOS with me for six months and then you go back to living your old ways. Goal is to educate you saying, hey, you need to eat this because the fiber is helping you absorb your protein. Yeah. Fiber is helping you with your gut. Fiber is helping you with these things or your protein is for this and so. So you basically educate the person so that they don't need me after the span of three months. Mm -hmm. That's my goal. So that's the way nutrition works. Second thing is um, working on your lifestyle um, habits. You can't go from sleeping at 2 a.m. to 10 p.m. in a week. 
you slowly moving from okay i go to bed at 2 am help me get to bed by 1 and then 12 and then 11 and then 10 now how do i get into that routine what are my night time routines what time am i eating my dinner what time uh, am i on my phone right before i go to bed am i trying to calm my body down before i go to bed so couple of things that i have help people is uh night time routines it could be washing your face with warm water applying some kind of skin care routine or reading a book keeping my phone away one hour before bed or there are people even after doing all of these things still suffer with not being able to sleep that's when i start helping them with deep breathing exercises meditations or just listening to calming music that is the second way of approaching so that it that in his whole uh, helps us prevent triggers from day to day lifestyle and your sleep sleep uh, improper health of sleep as well and the fourth thing is something that i come into like i, I think four to five weeks into the program is your physical health right up until the four, first four to five weeks i'm like you know what you just need to walk that's it walk for 15 minutes after your meal that's all i'm expecting out of you if you're walking 15 20 minutes right after your meal you're good to go i don't expect them to do any kind of workout i don't expect them to do yoga nothing i'm like you know what let's focus on your food let's focus on your sleep let's focus on your walk mm-hmm. if this is happening we're on the good like we're on we're good to go and when people start doing this they start seeing minute changes the people with like uh, weight gain issues they lose weight people with fatigue issues they start feeling energetic even in the afternoons there are a lot of people who feel afternoon fatigue they don't feel that they start feeling more energetic and more often than later people start getting periods regularly there are people who would have joined me with absence of period for 3 4 months and within the 3 to 4 weeks they could have got they would have gotten their period mm-hmm. and one of the things that i've also seen is people get painless periods once they start treating it now when it comes to vitamin d and b12 these are the two vitamins that are really hard to uh, get via food or get via sunlight so these are the two supplements that i tell people to eat if and only if they are very deficient of it mm-hmm. right other than that anything it could be your high uh, iron it could be your hemoglobin it could be anything on this world that could be given to you via food and the way you right sure. more often what happens is people give you supplements without understanding that your gut is not okay to absorb it yeah. so once you start eating this way once you eat eating enough protein fiber carbohydrate fats your gut starts absor- absorbing well as well so slowly over a period of 3 to 6 months your body gets better mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so it's a so, process of it all which i think is incredible yeah. and that it it it's step by step right like it's not something yeah. that you go into and it's all or nothing cold turkey it's about actually looking at well how is your body currently working is it absorbing the nutrients is it not what do we need to adjust do we need a supplement when you get the blood work back like obviously obviously you do such thorough investigations on each of your clients to make sure that the approach that they are getting is actually going to get them 
to their healthier self, which I just think is absolutely incredible and making sure that you get them to the point where their PCOS is managed and minimized as much as it can be for that specific individual and where they're at. And I think what you said about really understanding of you might have symptoms on the outside, which you're recognizing, but you need to know what is actually happening on the inside and how their body is functioning, which I think is is so powerful. Now, I do have some quick fire questions for you. Are you ready for these? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I am. Amazing. So the first one is, what is one thing that you must do every morning to set your day up? Um, Morning meditation. 15 minutes of close meditation. Just set a goal for the next 30 days that you want to work on and just visualize it and calm yourself down. It really helps helps you with picking the right food, Mm -hmm. picking the right tone to set your day. Yeah. 15 minutes of meditation, yeah. Amazing, and I do. I think we live such go, go, go lives that it's important that you stop, reset your central nervous system and just really bring down your stress levels is really important. What is one thing that everyone can do every day to improve their life? Um, Drink enough water. Mm. Just drink 2.5 to 3 litres of water or a quick math is 0.033 into your weight in kgs. That's the bare minimum amount of water you should be drinking um, to like yeah water I don't see many people over drinking water I only see people who don't don't drink enough water so yeah water for sure what is your favorite quote and why um I think it's something along the lines of um you see it you think you visualize something before you it actually happens to you. I don't exactly know the quote, but it's something that I've been thinking about for the last 30 days. It's all about manifesting. It's just about visualizing what you really want for yourself before it even happens. Because once you think about something and it, it's just right in front of your eyes, it's your eyes are closed, but you can see it. That's the kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. visualization I'm talking about. When you smile, thinking about that visualization, that's what I'm talking about. That before even wanting or working towards what your goal is, that's the, I, I don't remember what it is. I remember having a poster of it. My dad um, framed something mm. in, the, in my room. And over the last 45 days, it's just been something that's been stuck in my head. But yeah. That, Love that's it. Say it, believe it, achieve it. I think that there's. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. it's a, I think it's a very, very powerful one because you're so right. When you can say it and you can really, truly believe that you can actually get something like what well, the mind believes, the body achieves, right? Like you have yeah. to have that self-belief, which I think is yeah. so powerful. Yeah. Now, one question that I do love to ask all of my podcast guests is in the distant future, when you are actually looking back at your life, what do you think will be your biggest achievement or one thing that you'll be most proud of? Now, this could be something that you've actually already done, amazing, or it could also be something that you are hoping to do in the future. It would be that I have revolutionized the idea um, PCOS can be reversed naturally. Mm-hmm. That's something that that is my goal. That's my vision. That's my value. That's what I'm working towards. I'm I'm happy with the pace where I am, but I know and I can see that there will be a world where medication isn't the first thing a young 14 year old is giving when she's diagnosed with PCOS. That's what I visualize. Yeah. Changing the pathway forwards, which is incredible. Now, did you want yeah. to tell the audience what you have coming up? If anything exciting to share with them, and where can the listeners actually even go to find you? 
Um, my um, I run a company called Sisterly Health. It's C Y S T E R L Y Health. Um, I run programs where I help people with PCOS. All you heard, all you've been listening is about reversing it naturally. I did just launch a four-week program um, which helps people start off their PCOS journey. It's a trial program uh, which they can go with me and it's a completely one-on-one program. Mm -hmm. I will be helping you with your nutrition, with your lifestyle, with the kind of mental health issues that you're dealing with, all through the way of approaching it in the most holistic manner. I will, I have helped people all across the globe. Um, all my clients are from different countries, a lot of from Australia, from Sydney, from um, from Singapore, Malaysia, US. My goal is to help you understand what you could be eating with your local grown vegetables, your culture. So I'm someone who ensures that all the meals and all the knowledge is super personalized mm-hmm. because you're with me for four to 12 weeks. And my goal is to share all the knowledge that you could be sitting with someone else at this podcast and educate with PCOS. That's the kind of knowledge share that you'll be getting. And yeah, you can DM me or uh, you could WhatsApp me, but yeah, reach out on Instagram. I'm sure you will be sharing a link to our bio as well. So yeah, Yeah. that'll be something that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely. I will put all of the links to everything that you just shared in the show notes so that everybody has easy access to go over, check out all of the information that you share, connect with you, message you, reach out if they're obviously interested in joining any of your programs as well. But thank you so much, Roshni, for coming on and sharing all of your knowledge, your own personal journey that you have been on with PCOS. Thank you so much. It was really, really lovely. And um, to all the listeners who have PCOS, don't lose uh, your faith in being better. I know that you can do this. I know that you can treat this naturally. And I know you can get back to how you used to feel without all of these symptoms. And I believe that that's not far away. And I know that that's going to happen really soon too. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I would love to hear what your key takeaways are. So just head over to my Instagram, which is KJ Wellness with three S's and send me a message. Like I always mention, I absolutely love connecting with you guys. I love having a chat about the episodes further. I love hearing your key takeaways and anything or feedback that you have as well. I will chat with you in the next episode very soon. And until then, you take care. Bye.